Second Chance Movies, the podcast where we rewatch movies and decide if they deserve a second chance. I'm Joe Harper, your host who loves rewatching movies and going behind the scenes to see how the movie was made. And I'm Jessica Quaz, your host who's a one and done kind of movie viewer who would not last a day if I was abandoned in the jungle. And today, we are giving Tropic Thunder a second chance. Tropic Thunder from 2008. Oh my, comedy was a different time back then. It sure was. As I mean, comedy is subjective to begin with. And so, we wanted to see how well this one lasted over the years. One of our loyal fans of the show had suggested it to us. And you know what? We like those fans. And we want to do you right by reviewing movies that you want to listen to um exactly and i'm i'm happy we'll do the work for you we really will so just let us know again if there's any movies you want us to give a second chance if you don't feel like watching it and you wonder how it holds up we'll do it yeah this viewer she was like hey i haven't seen that movie in forever how's that hold up just save me some time (laughs) okay yeah we got you we got you (laughs) all right well for those of you who do not remember, um, the movie, as IMDb describes it, through a series of freak occurrences, a group of actors shooting a big-budget war movie are forced to become the soldiers they are portraying. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Accurate. <laughs> wow. And before we get into how we think about this, just warning you, there's spoilers for this 2008 movie that we're... <laughs> You know, reviewing in 2021. <laughs> so, if you haven't seen this movie by now, um, we're going to be talking about it. So, yeah. spoilers beware. Um, so, how do you think that described the movie, Jessica? Is it, is it accurate? I guess it's accurate. It's just, it's a very intense way to put it. Um, yeah. I I don't think it's a series of, like, freak accidents, though. I agree. I think... it's, there's one accident. Yeah. It's very deliberate. It's a crazy accident, but... Uh, like the the director and the guy who wrote the source material decides that the actors in this in this war movie are just too sen- too sensitive to, and like they need prima to donnas like, they're like eh, prima donnas eh. divas yes and they need to like feel war they want to put them out in the middle of the jungle leave them on their own and and film them from a distance to see how they would react get their real reactions which. That doesn't really hold up if you just send him out there, uh, bye, and then try and scare them a little. Like, you're not going to get that fear. No, it logistically doesn't make a lot of sense either. Originally, so for those of you who do not know, Ben Stiller uh, directed this movie. He also co-wrote it with Justin Thoreau. A.K.A. former Mr. Aniston. They, uh, they also wrote uh, Zoolander together, so... We're hoping for those same comedy vibes back. And um, 
This movie delivers some laughs. I will say that. I like I, I like some of the laughs. Not all. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but originally, Ben Stiller came up with this idea uh, while working on Empire of the Sun. So he was back in 1987, so he's been in the works in his head for a while. Wow. Uh, okay. Essentially, he had a lot of actor friends that like went through Platoon and a movie Hamburger Hill, and they all went through like boot camp preparation, and he wanted to kind of do a movie about actors that went through the boot camp and got, like, PTSD because of it, you know. And that was, like, the premise he originally started with and it evolved to what we got. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah. So, do you remember your first time with this movie? I don't really. I know I saw it around the time it came out, so I probably did see it in theaters. And I do remember really laughing a lot and thought it was really funny. Um, I do remember as well the, uh, like the aura surrounding this movie was almost like what a comedic anomaly. Like, oh my God, can you believe this is happening? Like, wow. Like, so that was looking back. That's very strange that people acted like this was like an unbelievable comedy. Um, people were really in awe of Robert Downey Jr. that we'll get into that and people were like blown away that Tom Cruise could be in a fat suit like that blew people's minds um so I definitely remember and then you know went on to be nominated for an Oscar um and so I just remember it being like treated as this was like a gem like how how could this be wow so I definitely remember seeing it in, in the I know I've seen it in theaters I guess the memory is not there of actually sitting and watching it but i definitely would have seen this in theaters uh bought it watched it a, probably a couple times when it came out uh, but i haven't watched this in probably over 10 years yeah same this is definitely a one and done movie for me i saw it once in theaters and then not again until this week yeah so yeah it's been it's been it's been a minute a lot of time has passed so yikes oh and a lot, you know, culturally, a lot of things have changed. And so that was the big issue we wanted to like go in here and see, like, how does this ha hold up over time? All right. So should we get into what people were saying about this movie? Yes. Let's hear what other, let's hear what all the critics and fans and everyone thought of when this movie came out. So here's a wild fact. The tomato meter is at 82% for this movie. Wow. And the audience score, 70. So everyone was pretty a fan of this movie. Yeah. It's wild that the critics were that high. Usually critics hate comedies. Yeah. Like, truly hate it. They just do not enjoy funny, oh, this movie was an appearance piece. I hate it. <laughs> this can't be cinema. Right, but you know, there's nothing that Hollywood loves more than movies about Hollywood. Oh, so. yeah. Boy. <laughs> kind of tracks. <laughs> That's, yeah, everyone loves that. Let's start off with some positives. Since everyone else thought it was positive, let's hear what they had to say. Brandon Collins from Medium Popcorn wrote, This movie makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> Joe Williams, St. Louis Post-Dispatch. <laughs> He writes, tiptoes to the fine line between irony and insight and blows it to smithereens. It's hilarious. 
Um, it's not that smart. Um, there are definitely funny moments in it. And I definitely appreciate the comedic aspect of ideas. But it doesn't, it doesn't tickle my funny bone like other movies have. I agree. Alright. Uh, Ed Travis of Hollywood Jesus. The real lasting appeal of Tropic Thunder won't be the lavish production, but the rich send-up of acting as a profession. Hollywood as a culture and war films as inspiration to us civilians. What? Uh, they just, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I can read it again if you needed it. No, it's just like, wow, that's a dramatic yeah. take. Yeah, he he, I mean, he was probably getting paid per the word, so he wanted to make it real good. He really went in on it. Okay. Alonzo Duraldi from MSNBC wrote, If only for making Tom Cruise and Matthew McConaughey funny for the first time since 1994 or so, Tropic Thunder would already qualify as an impressive comedic achievement. I don't like that. It... <laughs> that was also backhanded. Yeah! Those two have been funny. Both are good actors. And I will say, I think this is kind of the start of the McConaissance. You know, I was kind of thinking that when I was watching it this time around, too. I don't think many of us realize. We have one of our favorite critics, Nell Minow. Oh! It's a, yes! <laughs> here at Second Chance Movies, we love reading Nell Minow's. She's all over the place, and we like what she has to say. She hustles. Nell Minow from BeliefNet. She's she's also been she's worked everywhere, guys. Everywhere. I haven't even heard of this place before. A movie about a fake movie has the truest laughs of the summer. Now, no, I, I, I want to agree with you, but I can't. Um, and the reason why is, I feel like two thousand eight gave us a good amount of comedies. I I guess I did. I don't know if all of them are summer comedies. But I know at least two of them are, and they're they're up there. That's ones okay. I still think are hilarious today. What do we have? Pineapple Express. Yeah. Step Brothers. Yeah. Role Models. Yeah, yeah. Um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. And uh, those are the ones that I deem as super hilarious. And I think those so. are. I mean, those all are still talked about more, and like. Than, than Tropic Thunder, and the jokes hold up better. All right, well, let's talk about negative reviews, because at the time of this movie, everyone loved it. So let's see what the people who didn't like it had to say about it. Deborah Ross of The Spectator. The bulk of this movie, alas, comes down to weak sketches held together by ridiculous action, vast explosions, and more or less everything else it should be parroting. Okay. Uh, I think this movie is compiled with a lot of, like, funny ideas that together aren't strong enough together. Yeah, there's just something missing. Anthony Lane from The New Yorker wrote, After the dazzle of the early scenes, something droops and flags in Tropic Thunder. 
Yeah, I mean, we're going to yeah. keep talking about it. The last third of this movie is kind of slackluster. Yeah, I think the first, like, the initial opening of it is really silly and So funny. strong. Such a so strong, strong opening. Yeah, and then just after that, it just kind of pitter-patters out. Peter T. Chataway from Christianity Today mm. wrote... <laughs> A bizarre little film that manages to be both an exercise in tasteless humor and a commentary on Hollywood's tastelessness. I mean, it's definitely a commentary on Hollywood. It's not a little film at all. No. <laughs> it's a big budget movie. I'm also, I'm, that's one of the things I like the most about it is that it feels super big budget. Yeah. It's filmed with like really nice like cameras for the, like, it looks epic. Yes, it's an epic movie with an epic movie budget with big name actors. It's not a little film. I will say it is bizarre. It's a weird. I'm not saying good or bad. It's fucking weird though. Like there's, it's definitely bizarre. Oh, they make bold choices. That's for sure. But you know what? I feel like comedies need to make those bold choices. It's not again. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying that shit is bizarre. It is bizarre. That's fine. It's just like, I felt watching it this time around that my brain entered another dimension of a time that I didn't understand. That's how I felt watching this, was like, what in the fuck is going on here? We put up with this? <laughs> we tolerated this? Tony Macklin uh, of Fayetteville Free Weekly. Tropic Thunder is one humongous vanity project for Ben Stiller. His initials aren't BS for nothing. If Whoa. you can't get enough of bouncing Ben, Tropic Thunder is the movie for you. Ben Stiller acted in, co-wrote, <laughs> produced, and directed Tropic Thunder. <laughs> this guy hates him. Hey, Tony, fuck <laughs> off. Ben Stiller is doing his thing, you know? Fuck off. Wow, he is angry at Ben Stiller. I bet he went to high school with Ben Stiller, and Ben was probably like, no, you can't copy my homework. <laughs> this doesn't scream vanity project to me. I just think of this as like, let's. I've had this concept for a long time. Let's make it happen with my buds. Nigel Andrews of Financial Times. Uh, oh. I don't know why some Financial <laughs> Times is reviewing movies, but here we go. Sure. And I don't think it's a critique about, like, the budget either, so. <laughs> All right. The Hollywood comedy Tropic Thunder comes at us like a mad army cresting a hill, intent on audience massacre. My advice? Shoot first and don't wait for the whites of their eyes. What? Stick to money, bro. What are we, what are we talking about? Murder the movie. <laughs> Um, n that was, that's too much. I don't even have a comment, because, like, bro, what are you saying? So, now that we've heard what other people had to say about their first time, let's talk about our second time, or third, whatever time it is. How we thought of this movie in 2021. Starting off, the pre-movie trailers are all good. Yeah, the, yeah. It sets a really fun tone for this movie that I don't think carries throughout it, but... The, the beginning of the movie. So the fake trailers we get that kind of like showcase everyone that's in this movie. Except Jay Baruchel. I don't know yeah. why they left him out. Especially when they drop a fact that like he was in a commercial. Show that dumb commercial he's in. 
I thought that was a fun way to start and introduce all these characters to see like what their background is a little bit, like what they've done. So I thought that was a funny way to start. That energy dies off really fast, though. I mean, I can, I, I already know like where it stops being great for me. So after after fake trailers, we get the opening or we get the, like the platoon scene with the helicopter. And it feels like we're in the movie, but it turns out they're just filming that one scene with the explosions. And then we get Tom Cruise yelling at the director for being a fuckhead. And then we get director taking them out in the jungle. Director blows up. Fucking amazing. I love that moment. But then after that, when the actor's in the jungle, I I just lose interest the rest of the way. Same. I agree. I think it starts to go downhill from there. I think it's that's like the last super bold choice. Yeah. Director blowing up like, what? It's so shocking. Uh, and then Stiller doesn't like, thinks it's a prop. It's like licking it. It's so fucked up. And I'm... It's it that that holds up. I like it. I was laughing. <laughs> I mean, it's really wild to watch, but like, yeah, that that's where to me also a lot of the entertainment ends, and it, a lot of it, it too is because this whole connection to making a movie stops at that moment as well. Yeah, they become soldiers in the jungle at that point. Yeah, and I think there could have been something really brilliant about these dumbass actors being put into the real world, but it, it doesn't it doesn't become that. It stops being like commentary about celebrities mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Um, and like I said, like Tom Cruise and Matthew McConaughey's characters coming in and out is like really the only thing we have yeah. to the connection of Hollywood after the director is gone. I think, yeah, the energy of making fun of Hollywood and these ridiculous guys needed to be stronger for the last two-thirds of the movie. Keep playing throughout. Keep making fun of them, because they are ridiculous. Um, but then, it, it's weird, because we go from, like, making fun of them to, like, now we are, they are heroes, and we don't make fun of them anymore. Like. So one thing I want to talk about briefly, because it's so little I could say about this. Uh, it looks smooth. Like, it looks like a big-budget war movie, especially that beginning. Like, it's filmed really well. Which most comedies aren't done, and so like I'm impressed by that. I agree. I think it looks really good. I think it's like has this like nice crispness to it. Also, like it's just like a really good shooting and uh, big. It feels big budget. It feels wild, which is supposed to be the feel. And I think it just looks yeah really good. With Stiller's character, the one thing that's I don't think holds up well with this movie. And it, it kind of didn't at the time, um, but it's it's also funny because it's it's poking fun at the actors that make these movies is uh, playing handicapped characters. Oh my god! Yeah. Wow, is it insensitive? Ooh. And uh, like I get they're making fun of the actors that make those choices. Um, yeah. Well, I think to and this is like a issue with the movie throughout. Is that okay? So the so Ben Stiller's actor character, uh, Tug Speedman, Tug Speedman is play. It had a role named Simple Jack, and in it, it's a movie in which he plays a person with a disability. Uh, and 
Yeah, I think the intent was to make fun of the actors that do these types of things. But the jokes were more about the person with the disability that he's playing. And doing it like a goofy voice. Yeah, rather than it being about like, you are so ignorant, like you don't understand what it's like. It's weird. I think like, I get what they were going for, which was, I think, an attempt at commentary about actors I think if it was just the one clip of him doing the movie it would have been fine because it sets up for a great uh comedic like dialogue between uh Kirk Lazarus and Speedman where he's you know you can't go full retard you know that whole conversation is really funny like where like Sean Penn did it and he does didn't win the actor like a- actors do that to get awards, but right. then they don't, because, you know, and I, and like Tom Hanks, he's just a dumb guy, but he gets it. Like, yeah, I think, yeah, like the idea of that conversation is really funny. I think they rely too much on using the R word as like the humor of it, when really it's like a funny conversation about how Hollywood perceives people playing particular roles and that if you were to be like this you'll definitely get an award but if you do that you look ugly we're not giving it to you we have to finally address the big glaring part of this movie let's just rip the bandit off let's talk about robert downey jr's character so he so uh, downey jr plays the australian actor who's like won like five academy awards and to like wants to ultra prove himself gets a like skin graft to make himself black to portray a black character who we eventually find out is the whole story of the four leaf story of the is fake so it's all for naught in my eyes yeah no i agree with you i don't find there to be a good enough reason for robert downey jr to be in blackface i want to get this right and i want to articulate how I feel about this, because I feel shocker. You'll be so surprised. I have feelings on this. I know, weird. Um, I just want to start off by saying, blackface is bad. Period. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Duh. yeah, yeah. It's bad. It's not good. It, it has a horrid it's history. Never, it should have never been acceptable. No, 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 no. Point blank. It's bad. This is interesting because with this form of blackface, um, it's like the Ben Stiller situation with Simple Jack, in which it's set up to be the humor is this actor being so ridiculous that this white man from Australia feels that he can play a black man. That's what we're initially given. It's like, this is where the jokes are. It's about him doing this. And then we just kind of toss that out the window. And it really does just become like the way he talks is silly. You know, like that's where a lot of the jokes are with this character. I think there could be a world in which this worked, in which it was solely about actors playing the disenfranchised people, which we see all the time. I think there was an opportunity here to really make commentary and make fun of these privileged actors playing the disenfranchised and not having a clue what it even means. But that's, they only do that a couple times in this movie and it, it never really goes there where it's like, yeah, this is 
so ridiculous. This man is an idiot, like, but he thinks he's brilliant. Um, there's a couple times in which it is called out where it's like, you're being ridiculous, but it's again, doesn't pack the punch of like, we're not making fun of black people. We're making fun of this guy pretending to be a black man and thinking he's got it. That does, that falls to the wayside and it really does just become like, he's black. What is also a little problematic is that, uh, our black actor is the one calling it out. Yeah. There's no white actors that are like, dude, you're, this is so stupid and so offensive. Stop. And I don't know if that's a 2008 mindset or, you know, 2021 where we're like, you know, more awake to it. Like, oh, fucking duh. This is not acceptable. Robert Downey Jr. is a great actor. I'm not saying he's not. I think, you know, he does some really funny stuff in this movie. But it's so strange, too, how him doing this was put on such a high pedestal. Yeah. That he got an Oscar nom was weird. An Oscar nom. And he's up against Michael Shannon, who we love. Heath Ledger for the Joker won. Um, So it's weird, but what makes it even weirder is, like, the awards accolades don't like to bring in comedies, usually. It's really hard for comedy actors or movies to be nominated for much of anything. And so for this to be the role, it's like, that's really strange. Like, I don't, like, no offense to RDJ, but, like, even what he's doing in this movie doesn't scream, like, yes, iconic comedic performance. Give him an Oscar. Yeah, especially now. I just don't. Like, I remember at the time, I think just the shock value of, holy shit, what are they doing? Right. Uh, was what drew us all in, and we were like, but, like, now, yeah, uh, it it does not have the shock value. It has a shock value, but I'm like, oh, what the fuck were they thinking? What is happening? Jeff Portnoy. How do we feel about Jack Black's character in this? Um, so I personally just think Jack Black is a delight. I think he's fun, and we're not talking about the actors, we're talking about the characters. Um, he, this character for me really goes in and out a lot. Uh Uh-huh. So I know this character is slightly based off of Farley, just being like the heavy set that's like loving their drugs. Um, that could have led to some tragic tragedy. But yeah, I don't think it's that funny having someone like withdrawals. Um, I think this may have been funnier if he was like an alcoholic or something and just like heavy drinker and it was just disruptive on set, but then like sober, he's like, oh wait, I'm, this is way better. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. Just something different. Cause like the drugs, cause then he's like, um, oh, my jelly beans. And like, it's not that funny when he refers to his heroin as (laughs) jelly beans. Um, it's just not that no, it just falls flat. There's really no humor anymore in drug withdrawals. I don't know if there ever was. There definitely <laughs> probably should never have been. Um, but that's like a lot of the gag of this character is that, yeah, he's a drug addict, a very over-the-top drug addict. And he is going through withdrawals, which is like, that's not... First of all, it's not how drug withdrawals go. Second of all, it's just not funny. Like, the dude's getting clean, whatever. 
But I think you're right in that, like, we could have had an actor... Because, this, again, this happens all the time in Hollywood. You see it, like, a lot of drugs and, and drug abuse and alcoholism. There could have been commentary on it in a way that was hit right. And for me, it really wasn't. Like you said, like, maybe he's, yeah, he's disruptive and crazy, and then he's sober, and he's fine. And, man, I would have rather had Portnoy just make him farts the entire time. Yeah, I think God. there's enough there for, because he's supposed to be, like, <laughs> the dumb humor guy. I, I think maybe this was him trying to, like, be serious. I, I would take the drug aspect down and just have him trying to be, like, really, like, I'm trying to have my serious movie, uh, but then everyone else is like, oh, you're going to fart? And, and him dealing with, like, I'm not the fart guy. Yeah, I think that could have been funny, and I think Jack Black could have made that really funny. Um, he makes I, everything funny. He does make everything funny, except drug withdrawal is not that funny. Um, but I think there was enough there for him to be, like, the silly, goofy comedian that wants to be taken seriously, because that's, again, another Hollywood trope we see all the time. That kind of is like Sandler, you know? Exactly, yeah. Finally, you know, doing um, Uncut, Uncut Gems. Gems. Jinx, you owe me money. Uh, Al Pacino. How do we feel about Al Pacino? There's not enough of him in this movie, which is super strange because he's always present. So my my thoughts on Al Pacino, I love like there's a reveal that he's gay. Yeah. But also because he's like overcompensating. It being 2008 was like prime for like, that's gay. And like making fun of if you were gay, that was the most hilarious thing, which it's, it doesn't hold up anymore. It shouldn't have held up then. Shame no. on us, 2008. Um, but, uh, like, me, if I was remaking it and tooling it, um, he needs to be, like, a proud... Or he needs to come to terms with it a little faster or be proud about it or we discover it somehow. But, like, at the end, when he's dating Lance, like, they should embrace with, like, a kiss or something, like, really passionate, over-the-top, that it's like, oh, hell yeah, go, good job being, living your truth. Yeah, and I think it is a funny reveal that he's in love with Lance Bass. Lean into it, guys. Baruchel. What's going on here with, with this dude? I, I don't think there's enough written for him, but I think this may have been the character that they should have focused the movie around. That is like, he's it. he steps into this environment and gets to meet all of his heroes, and they all turn out to be fucking weird and and he should be the he should be the moral compass of like the audience of like what the fuck are you doing like dude like stiller's character you're you're an action star this, who care like oh my god like call him out jeff stop doing drugs it's ruining your career you're always hilarious um kirk blackface not appropriate <laughs> what are you doing um alpa if you want dick, just go for it, man. Nobody cares. <laughs> and, like, he should have been that guy that calls him out on everything. And they're like, fuck you. And, like, they could just, like, shit on him because he's the new guy. But, like, as the point of view of the audience, that he should have been that character. Because he's like, I'm, I was in a commercial. I'm so excited. Right. I think they attempt to kind of do that where he's, like, the normal person of the situation. Because he is, like, this, you know no-name actor who's just kind of... who's got his first big break. Um, he's a normal person, 
But because he's in the background so much, he's not utilized in that way that works. He's just like this normal dude being like, what's going on? What? And he just has a lot of knowledge as well. So like he's just kind of our background guy who can help us out of situations. I think it would have been actually really good to have had the story framed around him. And then, yeah, that leads to making fun of these people way more because we're doing it from his perspective, our perspective as normal people. Yeah. Instead of the weirdos and then they're like, our heroes where it's normal. No, it's not normal. This is, they're weird people. I think he would have been perfect as like the main character. It's centered around him and everyone is crazy. Cause like I said, that's what they attempt to do, but he's too much in the background and he's yeah. just really good at being, like, the, the normal guy who reacts to things. Yeah. Um, but in this, it's almost, like, too gimmicky, where it's like, hey, we got a normie here. Wow. Uh, the big scene stealer of this movie is Tom Cruise, who uh, is the executive producer, or the producer of the movie, who he's got, like, a bald, the bald cap, He's got prosthetics to make him fat. He's got prosthetics to make him have, like, fat, meaty fingers. Um, and he's just really aggressive over the top. Uh, I don't really care for his character that much. Uh, I do love how um, Cruz just puts his soul into this role. Like, he's in it. And I really enjoy that factor of it. Uh, I hate how the movie ends with him. The movie did not know how to end. No, it did not. There was an award ceremony, and then during the ceremony, it cl Tug is winning an award for a movie for Tropic Thunder. The awards click off, and Tom Cruise is like, well, I'm going to dance now. And what? No, that's <laughs> he's not our main character. Why are we ending it with him? Him dancing like in a mid-credits would have been great. Perfectly fine. But it ended the movie. It was super weird. Like, I just felt like the ending was like, it just stopped happening. Like, things yeah. just stopped happening. When the movie came out, I remember rumors that, like, they might make a spinoff movie of to uh, Tom Cruise's character. No, we don't need that. He was a fun, he was such a fun supporting character in this. He does not need a whole movie of this. What holds up for me about Tom Cruise is not, like, the physicality of the performance. Like, yeah, at times the dancing's really dumb, and it's like, oh, that's silly. Um, and he looks ridiculous. But, like, it's the lines and the delivery that I think hold up today, because we know that these people actually exist and are abusive and ridiculous. So, yeah, let's make fun of them for being so over-the-top and dramatic and stupid. See, I think it's, like, glorified, because we all, like, Everyone likes this guy, so... See, that's what's weird. Is Like, I never watched it being like, ah, he's the best. Like, I maybe it's because I am so into movies that I know that, that they're not, like, they're not trying to make him out to be a good guy. He's clearly a piece of shit. Yeah, especially because when he, there's, like, a bargaining deal with the gang, he's like, I don't care. We're going to make more publicity if he dies. I thought there, there was a really funny line where it's like, you know, and then he'll die and we'll grieve him in the press. Like, I just thought, like, yeah, this is how it is, man. These are what these people are like. They're psychopaths. I didn't, I never, first time or this time, thought, like, that's a fun character. I thought Tom Cruise is really good at playing a psycho. That's what I thought. 
uh, McConaughey plays a really good like best friend. He's just like so happy to support his buddy. And it's so weird that he just shows up in the jungle to throw, like, a briefcase. I was like, what's happening? Again, did not know how to end this movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really yeah. did not. We had a really good idea from the start, and then it just, I don't know what to do. Let's just film things. I guess I just want to touch on the humor of it, because I feel like some people listening might think, like, oh, they can't take jokes. Ugh. They're too PC. Ugh. You know. Um, so I want to just discuss that. I went into this watching thinking I'm going to be so overly offended by this shit that I'm going to hate it. That's what I thought I would really experience. And at times it was offensive for sure. Um, but again, it's like, like we were saying, comedy is subjective. There's a fluidity to it throughout the years. What was funny back then is not funny now. That doesn't mean comedy's ruined. Calm down. Um, but what I was surprised at was just how lame I found the comedy. I didn't even find it like, oh, that was really offensive, but that was a funny joke. It was like, this is like lower than low-hanging fruit. And, you know, Jack Black making farts is the best part of this movie. What does it say about the rest of the movie? <laughs> like, holy shit. I mean, I love that fart scene. It's, I, it's really a, great. It's really stupid and funny. I think there's a lot of well-written dialogue sprinkled throughout but just, like, creative lines and stuff. But, again, it's all comedy subjective. You're way more PC than I am. I I'm, I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> Fuck everything. Um, yeah. But I'm very, you know, tolerant and accepting of everyone. But, like, come on, guys. Like, this, this is rough. See, like, I feel like, one, I can take a joke. Which is why I was expecting to be offended. But at least the jokes might, might land, you know. Um, and to me, it was just, like... That's really weird. I mean, I always lame. thought this movie was kind of, like, just okay when it came out. I still think that now. Yeah. I Yeah, I still... I don't understand the hype around it. I don't I, understand I think a lot that. of it comes from a lot of people that aren't exposed to all of the comedy and offensive comedy. Offensive. Well, whatever. Um, because, like, if they aren't used to hearing super offensive things... Then when they hear something that's mildly offensive or different, they're really shocked by it. And then they eat it up because they're like, I've never experienced this. This is fun. And and enjoy it. And where like, I'm used to it. I'm used to dark comedians like Jessel Nick that'll say super fucked up stuff. Um, and I'm just, you know, it doesn't phase me anymore. I think that's part of it too, you're right, is just like the shock value of certain words is maybe what people find funny. Just like this feeling of like, oh, that's taboo. Ah, it's funny. Um, especially in 2008, I'm sure that was running rampant. Yeah. Um, I, I also find that I like dumb humor. I like smart jokes, but I also like dumbass humor. And I definitely was laughing during the all of Jack Black farting. So it's it's weird because we have this sort of, like, dumb humor. But even that is, like, like when it's not Jack Black, it's like, that's just as lame. Like, I don't understand. And it's weird, too, because I, I feel like it's, again, subjective, but I feel like my personal taste in comedy could have been here. That's what's weird, is it could have been here, and it was more just, like, I don't think time was on this movie's side, not because of it necessarily being offensive, 
which it was at times. And if you found this offensive, hey, that's fine. I'm not trying to tell you, like, don't find any of this offensive. But again, for me, it was more just like, yeah, it's just not that funny. Like, it's just not that funny. And, uh, and I don't think, like, this means that nothing can ever be funny again because of the PC police or whatever. But I just think, like, yeah, falls flat. Yeah. Yeah, there's better comedies out there. Um, I think we're both in agreement here. This doesn't need a second chance. Um, it was okay in 2008, and it didn't get better over time. I think it got worse over time. I definitely think it got worse over time. Yikes. Yeah, no second chance. There's other movies to revisit from that time that still are funny. This is not it. And that's yeah. okay. That's fine. But you know what, guys? Um... Comedy subjective, and um, stop being offended by things. Just have fun. Sure. Don't be mean to people. Be kind. Be kind. And hey, if you think something's not funny, like that's okay too. We don't need yeah. this argument of like what is funny because hey, it's always been subjective. What I find funny, you might not. That's okay. I think it's it's also different coming from like comedians' mouth because they're they're trying to be funny, and like. If you're offended by something a comedian says, don't rant and scream and try and cancel them or whatever. They're just, they just, they, they tried, it didn't work, it's just don't laugh at it, and guess what? They will stop telling that joke. They'll realize, oh, this is not what audiences like. Okay. And that's fine. It's fine for comedy to evolve with us. That's kind of its deal. Yeah, it's more of like a reflection of the times. And you know what? People change, people develop, and hopefully we get better. Some don't. Shame on them. But hey, oh, bye. We have all yeah, bye. We we leave them behind, guys. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. This was a doozy. Well, let us know what you think. Do you find Tropic Thunder funny? If so, why? We would like to know. Um, what is a good movie from that time period that you find hilarious and still holds up? We want to know. And other movies. I don't care if it's that time period. What other movies do you think are funny that may offend others? Or movies that aren't funny but should offend others? We want to hear it all. We want to hear it all. Are there any movies you want us to give a second chance to? We'll do the work for you. We're fine with that. Uh, let us know what you think. Let us know if you like what you're hearing. If you want us to touch on something else in another movie... Let us know in the comments. Please rate and review. Let us know how we're doing because we want to hear from you guys what you like and don't like. A big thank you, as always, to BD McBeatface for our theme song. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcasts. At Second Chance Movies, everything will be linked down below in the show notes. And yeah, we'll be back next Sunday with another Second Chance movie. I'm the dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. God, it's so stupid. Second chance.